Well, today we're going to conclude our series called Renew. We understand that to renew is to give fresh life to something. It is to bring something back to its original state. Hopefully, there has been a lot of renewal taking place during this series. Well, I want to begin today by making two statements. And the first statement that I want to make this morning is this, and that is once we have been renewed, we should seek to renew. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 8, Jesus said, freely you have received, so freely give. See, see, God wants us to be a river that he can flow through, not a reservoir that holds on to what flows into it. Write this down this morning. Write this down. The purpose of the gain is to give. The purpose of the gain is to give. Once we have been renewed, we should seek to renew. Second statement that I want to make uh, this morning is this, and that is re- renewal happens in community. Renewal happens in community. In week two of this series, we talked about the sources of renewal. And one of the sources that we talked about was the saints, the saints. See, I'm not sure that lasting renewal can happen outside of community. We need the community of the saints. Now, community can happen many different ways. There's not a one-size-fits-all approach, but however it happens in our lives, it must happen if we are going to be spiritually healthy and become all that God has given us the potential to become. Hebrews 10 and 25 says, Do not neglect your meeting together as some are doing. Rather, encourage one another. Meet more often as the day of Christ's return draws near. And Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 26, Paul says when you meet together, did he say if you meet together? Paul wrote and he said when you meet together, he said one is going to sing and another is going to teach and another is going to prophesy. And he said everything that is done is for the purpose of strengthening and encouraging one another. Now, at the Grace Place, we give several opportunities for people to enjoy community. First of all, the Sunday morning celebration service. That's, that's what we're doing this morning as we all gather together to celebrate the goodness of the Lord. And we get to celebrate together, but we also get to mingle together before and after the service in the lobby and in the auditorium and spend time together. But not only do we enjoy community with the celebration service, but Wednesday night we give you an opportunity also uh, for community. It's called cultivation classes. And then, of course, our first Sunday, C-groups. Hey, the volunteer ministry is also a great source for community. Let me just pause for just a moment and and, and just say a word or two about our C-groups. C-groups are small groups of people who meet together monthly. They meet together for food, for fun, and for fellowship. Now, most, most of our C groups are organized around common interests or common seasons of life. We have all kinds of C groups. Now, the purpose of our C groups are to connect and to care. 
See, that's what we want for every person that calls the Grace Place their home. We want them to find a connection and we want them to care and be cared for. The people in our C groups are encouraged to care for one another. Here's what I know, and that is it's impossible to truly connect to any church by just attending the Sunday morning celebration service. Often people will come and people will go, and the reason they go is they say, I didn't connect. I made no connection there. But the only place they ever showed up was for the Sunday morning celebration service. I'm telling you, it's literally impossible to make a connection by simply attending celebration service. We need to be a part of C groups, need to be a part of of cultivation class. We need to get in smaller groups in order to make a connection. Well, if you are desiring to build deeper relationships with people of faith, and if you have a desire to add value to somebody's faith journey, if either or both of these are your desire, C groups are for you. Hadn't heard one amen yet, and I've done some pretty good preaching already. But that's okay. I'm doing all right. Hey, let me encourage you to visit our C group wall in the lobby or, and talk to one of our C group coaches today if you have an interest in this incredible ministry. More details in today's bulletin as well. Let's do life together. Well, let me say it again. This morning, renewal happens in community. So I want to talk about community for a few moments this morning. I want to suggest three questions, three questions that you should ask yourself concerning community. The first question you should ask yourself is, who has God placed in my life? Who has God placed in my life. In Luke chapter 8, verses 26 through 39, the story is recorded of a man who was possessed with 6,000 demons. And he had become so wicked and so vile and so violent that he, had, he, he was totally out of control. And because of this, he was literally kicked out of society. He was banished to live a life among the tombs. He had zero contact with people. In fact, people would totally avoid him. Everyone, that is, except Jesus. Jesus rejects no one. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Well, the Bible says that Jesus delivered this man, setting him free from Satan's torture and control. And the story goes that out of, out of gratitude, this man, this man wanted to go with Jesus. He wanted to follow Jesus wherever that he went. But it's interesting that Jesus did not allow him to go with him, but rather Jesus told this man to go home. Jesus said, go home. Jesus sent him back into the very community that had kicked him out. The Bible says that this man obeyed Jesus, and he went back to his community of of former friends and family, and, and the Bible said that he testified about what Jesus had done for him. After being isolated for who knows how long, Jesus recognized this man's need for community, and Jesus sent him back 
to community. Here's what I know, and that is God has placed all of us in a community. God has placed all of us in a community, a group of people. Write this down this morning. Write this down. The people in my life are part of my assignment. The people in my life are part of my assignment. See, I believe that God has a place for us. And I believe that God has a people for us. And I believe that God has a plan for us. So ask yourself this morning, ask yourself, who has God placed in my life? Well, first of all, my family. God has placed me in my family. And here's what I know, and that is nobody loves like family. Now, every family has its struggles. Every family has its problems. Every family has its drama. Every family has its crazy uncle. But nobody loves like family. I remember when I was growing up, I have a brother who's just a year older than me, not even a year older than me. And I've told you about sibling rivalry was alive and well in our house. And I don't know if we ever had a day go by that me and my brother didn't have some kind of fight. We fussed, we fought, we argued, we were in competition with one another. I mean, we treated each other like we hated each other. But I'll never forget one day I'm on the school bus and somebody, some kid, makes a derogatory remark remark about my brother. And as soon as we got off of the bus, I beat this kid up. I pounced on him, man. I mean, I just, I, just, I just beat him up. That's my brother. That's my brother. I may talk about him. I may talk ugly about him. It may seem like I don't like him, but that's my brother. You don't mess with my brother. You mess with my brother. You mess with me. Nobody loves like family. I encourage you today to appreciate your family. I I encourage you to guard your family. I encourage you to spend time with your family because time and tragedy will reduce your family in time. Who has God placed in my life? That's the question you need to ask yourself this morning. Well, he's, he's, he's placed my friends. My friends, God has placed in my life. I'm not talking about mere acquaintances. I'm not just talking about the neighbor next door or the coworker or the fellow student. I'm talking about true friends, people you can count on, people who love you and accept you and is willing to overlook your day of stupid. Proverbs 18 and 24 says, a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Here's what I know, and that is if you have two or three true friends, you are extremely blessed, and especially us men. Ask yourself, who has God placed in my life? Well, well, my followers. My followers. See, everybody has followers. Everyone has influence on someone. Ask yourself, am I being a positive or a negative influence on those who are following my lead? Because remember, the people in our life are part of our assignment in life. 
And one of these days, we are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and we are going to have to give an account as to what we did with our influence. Three questions today. Question number one, who has God placed in my life? Second question you need to ask yourself this morning is why? Why has God placed them there? Well, let me suggest three reasons. First of all, God has placed them there for mutual development. The people that God has placed in our life, God has placed them there for mutual development. Proverbs 27 and 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. See, see, the people in our lives were placed there by God. And they should add value to us, and we should be adding value to them. See, I am more loving, and I am more patient, and I am more kind, and I am more understanding, and I am more generous today than I once was. I didn't tell you how loving and patient and kind and understanding and generous I am. I said I am more. More loving, more patient, more kind, more understanding, more generous today than I once was. Why? Because of the influence of certain and specific people that God has placed in my life the past 40 plus years of being an adult and being in ministry. And hopefully I have been able to be a part of somebody's development as well. Well, another reason why God has placed us in community is to defend us or to, to defend each other. Let's look in the book of Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes chapter four and verse number nine. Solomon writes and Solomon says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls for he has no one to help him up. And again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? And though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Why has God placed people in our lives? He has placed people in our lives to defend, to defend us. See, I have people in my life who would fight a buzzsaw for me. I remember several years ago now, I was talking, I was having a board meeting, and I was telling the board about a certain individual, a certain member in the church that was just, I mean, they just were just nonstop giving me trouble. And finally, one of my deacons said, you just tell me who it is, Pastor, and I'll take care of them. I've got people in my life fought a buzzsaw for me. I've, I have people in my life that I have fought a buzzsaw for. Now, I understand that some people are, you know, some people are going to talk bad. Not everybody's going to like me. I, I can't believe as likable as I am. I can't understand. And with such a, a sweet, easygoing personality like me, I can't imagine anybody ever having any problems with me. I understand that some people are going to talk bad about me. Anyone who leads, anyone who leads is going to have a target on their back. It comes with the territory. If you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen, somebody said. See, every time, every time that I open my mouth, some agree and some disagree. 
Every time that I make a decision, some are happy and some are unhappy. I, I understand the pressure, the pressure that comes with the position. Here's what I know, and I know it by experience, and that is when things go well, people say, look what we did. And when things go wrong, they say, look what he did. Doesn't bother me that much, at least not for long, that someone would talk bad about me. What bothers me, and it really does, is when people that tell me they love me and people that tell me they have my back and people that tell me they support me, and yet they are willing to listen to these people. Why has God placed us in community? Well, he's placed us in community for mutual development. He's placed us in community to defend each other and also simply to do life together. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18, God said, it's not good for man to be alone. And the psalmist said in Psalm 68 and verse 6, he said that God places the lonely in families. And in the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it describes the early church. And it says the early church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship or community. And to sharing meals together, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. See, all of us need a natural family and we need a spiritual, spiritual family. We need somebody to rejoice with in times of celebration, but we also need someone to cry with in times of sorrow and loss. This is another reason to be in a C group. Well, we're still in our series called Renew. See, once we have been renewed, we should seek to be a part of the renewal process of someone else. I believe renewal happens in community. Well, the third and the final question that we should be asking ourselves is this, and that is, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? How can I be a part of the renewal process of someone else? Well, Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 6, he said, help carry the burdens of others. Help carry the burdens of of others. I want to suggest three things here this morning. First of all, I would encourage you to recognize common interest. Recognize common interest. See, common interests draw people together naturally. You know, you can try to get people together. You can try to get people to fellowship and to have community. You can try all you want to try, but I'm telling you, without some common interest, it's literally almost impossible. So common interests uh, draw people together naturally. For men, it might be hunting. It might be fishing. It might be some particular sport. I was thinking about my own, uh, uh, my own best friends in ministry. I have five, five very close preacher friends. And I was thinking about them, and, and I was reminded that all five, all five of my best friends in the ministry are golfers. I didn't say good golfers. I said golfers. For the ladies, it might be shopping. It might be gardening. It might be kids and grandkids. Common interests draw people together naturally. 
similar seasons of life draw people together. I remember when I was pastoring in Midland, there was some older preachers in the area, and I tried to fellowship with them, and I tried to meet with them, but all they ever wanted to talk about was retirement. I didn't want to talk about retirement. Well, you know what? I find myself talking a lot about retirement lately. (laughs) Similar seasons of life draw people together. Ask yourself, what can I do to help? What can I do to become a part of somebody else's renewal? Well, start by recognizing common interest. See, without common interest, relationships will be strained and will be hard to develop and hard to maintain. Next thing you can do is you can reach out to them in love. In Luke 19 and verse 10, the Bible says that Jesus came to seek, say to seek, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus sought out Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is hiding in the tree. But Jesus seeks him out. Jesus leaves the crowd and seeks out Zacchaeus. Jesus sought out the demoniac from Gadara. Nobody else would go within, within you know, uh, a mile of him. But Jesus intentionally went to the tombs where this man was. He sought out the demoniac. Jesus sought out his disciples. He went where they were. He sought them out. In John chapter 4, Jesus sought out the Samaritan woman. The Bible says that she was an outcast. The Bible says that society had rejected her. Listen, she was ashamed to be in public. That's why she went to draw water at a time in the day when she knew no one else would be there. But Jesus made a point of being there. He went there for her. And she left Jesus renewed. Who has God placed in your life? Who do you know who needs to experience renewal? Is it your next door neighbor? Is it the person in the cubicle across from you at work? Is it that person that you seem to be bumping into quite often at the gym? Maybe it's a little closer to home. Maybe it's somebody in your own own family or in your own circle of friends. I encourage you today, reach out to them in love. Invest some of your time in them. Ask yourself, what can I do to help? Let me tell you what you can do. I can reduce, I can reproduce myself in them. Reproduce myself in them. In Mark chapter 3 and verse 14, the Bible says that Jesus appointed 12 disciples. Watch this, watch this. Jesus appointed 12 disciples. Here's what he appointed them to, that they might be with him. He gathered 12 men together to pour his life into. He he appointed 12 disciples that they might be with him and that he might send them out. But I want you to understand and notice that, that, that first Jesus mentored them and then he sent them out. Jesus gave his disciples hands-on training. Jesus said to them, walk with me and watch 
me. Ask yourself this morning, am I reproducing myself in anyone? Am I reproducing myself in anyone? When I die, will my life's work die with me or will it live on in others because I have reproduced myself in others? Let me ask you this this morning, what are we doing with the lessons we have learned in life? What are we doing with those lessons? What are we doing with the wisdom that we have gained through trial and error? Three steps forward and two steps back. The wisdom that we have gained through our successes and our failures. Are we making any deposits into anyone else's account? Are we reproducing ourselves? Our takeaway for the message today is simply this. Ask yourself the question, am I doing my part in the process of renewing others? Because once we are renewed, we should seek to renew. Father, I thank you for this word that you have placed in my heart to share with your people today. Thank you for this incredible series. Inside this series, the incredible time that we had with special guests and the conference that we enjoyed, Father, and the lives that were, that were renewed. I thank you for that today. But God, I pray today that not only will we be renewed, but once we are renewed, I pray that you will give us a desire to be a part of the renewal process in someone else's life. You know, there are about three different key preachers that have been in my life in the last 45 plus years. And one of them taught me how to love people unconditionally. And one of them taught me how to give generously. The other, consistency. Are we leaving a legacy? Are we are we going to take everything with us when we leave this life or is our life going to live on in the lives of others? Because we took a time to pour in to someone else.